Section 57 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Marie Christian. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis de Segur. Pierre the Apprentice. One Sunday in the February of 1858, a poor boy of about fifteen or sixteen years old came to my house at Paris and asked to see me. He was exceedingly pale and delicate-looking and was very meanly dressed. His large blue eyes were full of candor, and his gentle, subdued manner pleaded in his favor. He told me that his name was Pierre Sazi and that he was an orphan apprenticed to a gilder and had come to me to seek refuge and protection. I made him sit down, and he told me his story. His father had been a workman and a very indifferent Catholic, and his mother, who had died when he was a little child, was a Protestant. Owing to the care of Sister G., one of the good sisters of St. Vincent de Paul, who knew his family, the two children, Pierre and Auguste, had been brought up in the Catholic religion, and the poor mother, before she died, had embraced the true faith. When Pierre was thirteen and Auguste six or seven years old, they lost their father. They were received by one of their aunts, who left no means untried, to induce the children to become Protestants. Pierre resolutely resisted, and although he was deprived of all communication with any Catholic priests, and forbidden to go to Mass on Sunday, to confession or communion, the poor little fellow preserved intact the treasure of his holy faith. It was in vain that his aunt took him to three Protestant pastors in succession. The child held firm and remained faithful. At last his aunt grew angry, and on the 4th of January she told him, as a kind of New Year's greeting perhaps, that he must either become a Protestant or leave her house at once. The poor apprentice had no other home. His employers gave him board and lodging all the week, but on Sundays they went into the country, the house was shut up, and the apprentice was obliged to go where he could. Pierre, being now forced to renounce his faith or to remain without food or shelter for twenty-four hours, did not hesitate an instant. For six Sundays in succession he went without anything to eat and passed the nights in wandering through the deserted streets of the capital. On one of these Sundays, at ten o'clock in the evening, overcome by hunger, cold, and weariness, he went and knocked at his aunt's door. When she recognized his voice, she asked him, without opening it, if he still persisted in remaining a Catholic. Upon his reply in the affirmative, and in spite of his supplications, she angrily dismissed him. It was snowing fast, and the poor boy passed the whole night out of doors, but so severe a trial could not last much longer. The child's health gave way, and a wearing constant cough began to exhaust his strength. On the following Sunday he remembered Sister G., who had been the kind protectress of his family. He made inquiries as to where she was living, and after much trouble found her at last, and when he saw her he threw himself into her arms, exclaiming, Sister, have pity on me! I give myself up to you. 
the good sister having given him plenty to eat, and congratulated him on his constancy, sent him to me with her recommendation, and thus Pierre presented himself before me, and, relying upon the message that he brought for the warmth of his reception, entreated me to be a father to him. God knows how willingly I consented, but as the soul is of far higher value than the body, I commenced by recalling to this dear child the principal points of the faith for which he had suffered so much. Then I heard his confession and gave him those supreme consolations which have their only source in the adorable heart of Jesus. When he rose from his knees, my poor little Pierre, quite overcome and his eyes full of tears, clung to me, embracing me with affection. What a happy thing it was for me, he exclaimed, that they turned me out of doors. And so every Sunday after that he came back to me. Everyone received him as if he had a right to be there. He had his own little room and his supper ready for him, and on Monday morning he went off contentedly to his work. One Sunday in the early days of April, Pierre appeared to us to be paler than usual, tired and suffering. A low fever came on, and he could not go back to his master. A few days after, one of my friends, a clever physician, having come to see me, I asked him to examine my poor apprentice, who appeared quite exhausted. The boy is dying, said the doctor after having seen him. He is in consumption, and a part of his right lung is already gone. What was to be done? I could not keep the child with me, as I could not make proper arrangements for having him nursed well. It was a difficult thing to send him to the hospital, as there they are unwilling to admit patients who appear to be only suffering from weakness. I immediately applied to the good brothers of St. John of God, and the charity of these admirable religious was even beyond my hopes. They immediately received my little sick boy for the love of God, gave him a clean, comfortable room, and from that day, April 15th, surrounded him with such constant care, such affectionate and thoughtful attention, that poor Pierre, quite amazed at such devotion, could not speak of it without tears. He was nursed and cared for night and day. I am treated like a little prince, he said to me. These good brothers give me everything I want. They are true saints, and I thank God for sending me to them. And the good brothers love Pierre as if he were their child. They told me when I came to see him how the poor little fellow, whose sufferings were extreme, constantly edified them by his patience and his fervor. He received communion at first every week. I am making up for lost time, he said. Then when I saw this pure and innocent soul truly hungering for the divine Eucharist, I allowed him to communicate twice and then three times a week, and at last just when his heart told him. And the grace of God so completely filled the heart of the child he had called to be his, that without any need of confession, he went to communion every day. He receives our Lord like a little angel, said the brother who had the care of the infirmary. Pierre found in communion all his happiness and all his strength. When I have received communion, I suffer less, he said, and I cannot be impatient any more. If I ever get well, I will consecrate myself to God and will be a priest 
or a brother of St. John of God. In the meantime, the disease seemed to be making no progress, and the time had passed which the physicians had named as the probable extent of his life. Pierre, in spite of his sufferings, was always cheerful and sweet-tempered. One day a barber of the neighborhood, who was regularly employed at the house, and who happened to be upon this occasion decidedly more merry than he ought to have been, entered Pierre's room and proposed to shave him. Pierre gravely seated himself. Then the barber perceived that the young face had not even the shadow of a beard. "'But you have no beard!' he exclaimed, regarding the sick boy with stupid astonishment. "'I know that very well,' replied Pierre. "'Then what are you waiting for?' "'I am waiting till it grows,' said the good little fellow, smiling. This unfailing sweetness of temper, united as it was to such true piety, gained all hearts, and great was the number of charitable friends who came to visit him. The good sister went to see him often, and she would tell me a thousand little details which showed his grateful, affectionate nature. "'You cannot imagine,' she would say, "'how thankful he is for all that is done for him. Whenever he hears you spoken of, his eyes fill with tears, and your visits comfort him more than all the remedies.' But the moment was fast approaching when Pierre should enter into the rest and the peace of him whom he loved with such pure and childlike tenderness. On the 17th of July, he asked if the Holy Communion might be brought to him very early the next morning. The night was full of suffering, his poor little body was wasted to a skeleton, and every movement of the bedclothes gave him pain. At a quarter past four, a brother came to prepare the altar for the Holy Eucharist, which the chaplain was soon going to bring. He knelt down by the child's bed. My dear brother, said Pierre, shall we pray together? Yes, my dear child, what prayer shall we say? Pierre named the litany for a happy death, a beautiful prayer filled with consoling thoughts which he knew almost by heart from having repeated it so often. Scarcely was the litany finished than he called to the brother with a sharp cry, and he, being alarmed at the sudden change which had passed over the child's face, went in haste to seek the brother who was accustomed to nurse him. This good religious hastened immediately to his side, held the cross to the lips of the dying child, had just time to suggest to him some acts of love, of contrition, of confidence in Jesus and Mary, and at about half-past five in the morning he received poor Pierre's last sigh. Only a little later the humble pious child was to have received communion upon earth. Jesus had called him to a more excellent communion still, to one of which the fruit can never be lost, to the communion of a blissful eternity. Lying there upon his deathbed, my little Pierre looked like a sleeping angel. A new strange beauty and a heavenly sweetness rested on the calm young face. They buried him with the scapular and medal of the Blessed Virgin, in whose protection he had had perfect confidence, and with a large crucifix which I had given him, and which he had worn round his neck night and day, and had kissed frequently, saying, My Jesus, I love thee. The next day, the 19th of July, many of those who had known and loved him accompanied his coffin first to the church, 
then to the cemetery of Montparnasse. Very poor and simple was that coffin in the eyes of men, but very rich, I doubt not, in the sight of God and of his angels. Upon his grave I had a white cross placed with this simple inscription, Here rests in the peace of God and in the eternal love of our Lord Jesus Christ, Pierre Sazi, his faithful servant, who lived sixteen years and died on the 18th of July, 1858, in the Confession of the Catholic Faith. End of section 57